are here for good. Good afternoon. I'm Byron Tyler on this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. You hear the little jingle that Bot Radio Network is in the air for good, and that's exactly what we're doing. I like to say I've been hashtagging a lot of my social media posts, good for the soul, because we provide Bible teaching programs that really are good for the soul. Hmm. Want to also say hi to our Facebook friends out there today. Hello, Facebook friends. Thanks for watching. Sometimes when you watch a live Facebook feed, you'll see kind of the rhythm of what's been happening for the period of time it's been on. You'll see a little wave or something. And a lot of times, the first couple of minutes, there'll be just like a a tsunami of a big wave. But we want to see this thing just captivate throughout the whole afternoon, the half hour we're on the show. So let me know you're there. Give us thumbs up, likes, and we want to welcome you to this Wednesday edition of the show. Weather-wise right now, there's a possibility we might see some rain showers this afternoon looking for a high in the lower 90s. Uh, If the rain moves in, we could possibly see some cooler temperatures by Friday and at least Saturday, then been back up to some more muggy conditions uh, for Sunday. Right now in Memphis, we have a partly cloudy sky and 91 degrees. Since this is live radio and live Facebook feed, we actually are looking for an opportunity to have a few words with U.S. Congressman David Kustoff. He is actually in our studios, but he is in a recording session for Pat McClurkin's Friday Viewpoint. And it just happened to coincide by the time we were here, so I thought maybe we could grab him for a couple of minutes at the very beginning of our show. That is not the intention of today's show. We're really happy to welcome Craig Giergo, my good friend, who is the director of the Bible Museum on the Square in Collierville. Craig, it's always good to see you. Byron, great to be back here again with you. Yeah, we got to hang out someone this past Saturday. We have uh, some friends that, that got married, and you officiated the wedding It was outdoors. It was hot. But, man, you did an incredible job bringing this union together between this man and woman. And what a beautiful ceremony there. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. They're a special couple, by the way. Oh, yeah. You did a great job. I tell you, it looks like Congressman just came out of the meeting with Pat. So we'll switch seats just for a second, Craig, if you can let Congressman David Kustoff slide in here. Congressman, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. We thought we'd have a couple of minutes with you. Having a little trouble with the headphones? Let me grab them here for you. Here you go. All right. Thank you. Get you on that mic. You had a little interview time with Pat McClurkin on the Friday Viewpoint, which will air on this Friday at 3 o'clock, I believe. She's been very gracious. And, you know, Pat does such a good job on her radio show. I've been a guest a number of times. This is the first time that I've actually been in the studio live. Normally, I call in from Washington, D.C. and get exactly. a Washington, D.C. update. So it's really good to be to be here and be home. Yeah, it's good to have you here in person and also live with our Facebook friends here. Congressman, I know you've been busy with this primary election. Congratulations well, thank you very on, much. on your win. Are you playing more golf now? or <laughs> I am working. And, and you know, the district that I represent is a big district. It's, all, it's virtually all of West Tennessee. So I'm traveling throughout the district. Of course, I've got, I've got a good bit of Shelby County, but I've also got 14 other counties that I represent. So I'm, I'm busy meeting with constituents, sure. holding meetings, and it's really good to do that. We just keep, keep working because when we go back, you know, they call this the district work period during, during August, which is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go in the district and, and, and meet and listen to our constituents and get their concerns. But we're not going to have much time when we go back the day after Labor Day uh, before the November elections to get things done. So there's a lot on the plate to get done. 
a lot that I want to get done. I'm proud of the success that President Trump has had in his initiatives. You know, he's he made a number of promises and commitments during his campaign, and he's carried through on so many of those. Yeah. We've got to keep working so that he's, he's able to— You think so. we can move past some of the bottlenecking and roadblocks that we see in Congress a lot? You know, people get frustrated when we send folks to Washington to do business for the people, and it just seems like things get stuck. Well, I, I think as long as we keep a Republican Congress, we will. And I'll give you one example, and that is the Supreme Court nomination of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. So um, the some people are trying to gum up the process, if you understand what I mean. They want to slow it down. We've got a vacancy now with Justice Kennedy retiring. We need to get him confirmed before the November election. I think we've got a real shot to do that. Uh, as long as we all stay focused and, and committed and not let, as you talked about, these roadblocks being thrown up. Well, we haven't seen this writing that he's written. We haven't seen this document. There are thousands of pages of, of documents that have been produced that the Democrats have been able to, to view. Let's have the hearings next month, and let's get a vote so that we can get him confirmed and have nine members of the Supreme Court. Why do you hope the 8th District will send you back to Washington? Well, uh, number one, I've worked very well with President Trump, and I was honored to have his endorsement in my recent in my recent primary election. I talked to you just a moment ago about some of the commitments that he made in his campaign, which were the commitments that I made in my campaign. President Trump needs a true ally in the 8th District to continue to get things done in Congress. To work, we've made, I think, one of the most important votes that I've had is for tax cuts, which has led to one of the strongest economies that we've seen in a long, long time. Congressman, before we say goodbye, one other quick thing I want to ask you about, because I know that on one of several subcommittees that you serve on is the Consumer Credit Subcommittee. How can we encourage a better savings per debt ratio for households and also limit the amount of bankruptcies we're seeing filed? Of course, Tennessee, one of the higher states you know, in the country that we're seeing bankruptcy. I say that what we need to do is to continue to provide a good economy and a rising economy for all individuals here in West Tennessee and across the nation. Again, with our economy, we're seeing an unemployment rate around 4%, which uh, is the lowest it's been in almost 20 years, the lowest African-American unemployment rate that we've ever seen. That's really strong. The GDP rate, which they tell you, you know, during the Obama years, it was in the one and two percentile. If you get to three, that's a, that's a really good economy. Last month, it was right at 4%. And I'm seeing that as I travel across the 8th District. There are more jobs. Um, Here's the good and the bad. You've got employers who have good jobs, and they're having trouble finding enough qualified people to fill those jobs. So I think the most important thing I can do is to work to make sure that we have a good, strong economy so that we see those numbers of bankruptcies decline. We see that debt ratio decline so that more people keep more of their hard-earned money in their pocket. With the tax cut bill that we passed just a few days before Christmas last year in Tennessee, we provided the average Tennessean with over 2000 additional dollars in their family's pocket that they didn't have before tax cuts. 
Congressman David Kustoff, thank you for stopping by today. Thank you. Wish we had more time. Next time you're in town, we'll have maybe the whole show, but appreciate you That'd spending be some time with us. Thank, thank you, you so for much. allowing me to come All on. All right. U.S. Congressman David Kustoff of the 8th District of Tennessee joining us uh, for a few moments on this live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. want to get Craig Geargo again back in the studio. And I'll tell you what, Congressman, we're going to have to have you out Bible Museum on the Square, and it's a great work. Matter of fact, one of the artifacts out there is the Moabite Stone. Is that right, yes, Craig? Yes, that's right. The Moabite Stone, yes. Yeah. You want to say a word about that real quick? Yeah, the Moabite Stone is one of my favorite pieces that we have at Bible Museum on the Square. It is a replica of an artifact that was discovered in present-day Jordan. And it was discovered by um, some shepherds, essentially. And these shepherds um, uncovered this artifact, showed some authorities this piece. And when they found out what its value was, it got into the wrong hands. The shepherds took it, heated it up with fire, and broke it into 25 different pieces. It was eventually put back together, and what they discovered is one of the earliest references uh, of the name Yahweh. And oh also, my. yeah, isn't it incredible? Oh, wow. And they also have there an early reference of the phrase House of David. So a significant, significant artifact. I'm glad you remember the Moabite Stone. That's no, one of my favorites. It's, it's one of the highlights. When you go to the Bible Museum on the Square in Collierville, it's one of the highlights. I mean, it's one of the best-kept secrets, the museum itself. We've talked about it. You're doing an incredible job. I mean, the, the, the vision of the Bassett family. Don, now he's enjoying the glories of heaven right now. Amen. His wife, uh, I know, is still a strong supporter. Yes, Nancy's wonderful. Advocate of, of the museum. But back in 91, when their dream kind of really became a reality in 97, mm-hmm. but uh, from there on, we have just seen an incredible resource for so many to enjoy here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know about the Bible Museum on the Square. So true. And, you know, if, if people were wondering... What is the what is Bob Museum on the Square? I would tell them it is a place for all people, regardless of whether you where you are in your faith journey. If you're someone who has questions about faith, if you're a, a longtime believer, it is a place where you can go and you can get understanding into the scriptures through history and culture. Well, one of the highlights that I always enjoy is the over 100 nativities at Christmas time. Yeah. We featured that on this program last year, and that has grown. You've added new uh, dynamics to mm-hmm. that particular event. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're going to talk about today because there's something else that just got opened. I think it was July 5th, right yeah. after 4th of July. Yes. And it's running through when? It's running through November the 9th of this year, and yeah. it's called Jesus Revealed. Yes. I'm excited about this. Because, Me too. Yeah. How do you decide, Craig, when you're looking at bringing a new exhibit to the museum? I mean, there's so much you can choose from. How do you know that this is what you want to bring? You know, one of the things that we, we've we done, uh, which I like to probably refer to as the loaves and fishes approach, is we look and see what we have on hand. And uh, the great thing is you mentioned the Bassets, Don and Nancy, and, and others who are part of the museum from the very start. Um they have acquired a great collection that we have. And so what we want to do with the collection that we already have is um, add dynamic storytelling to it and put it together in a way so that people can construct meaning that will help them uh, solidify their faith and strengthen their faith uh, through the collection that we have. And so this current exhibit, Jesus Revealed, uh, it was a really a team effort. Uh, I work with Disciple Design. Craig Thompson is a, is a great friend of mine, and we work with them. And they do an incredible job in terms of developing a concept for us. And um, one of my great allies at Bob Museum on the Square is James Barnett. James is uh, on our staff. He's a really, really sharp guy, super creative. 
And and between the three of us, really, we came up with this idea, and I believe it's a God-breathed idea, of Jesus revealed. Okay, walk us through it. I mean, what are we going to experience when we see this? Well, really, it starts with the question, Byron. And it's a question that we see the disciples of Jesus uh, ask in, in Scripture. We see actually Jesus in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, ask this question to his disciples. And the question is this, who is Jesus? Jesus said to his disciples, who do people say I am? And, and we see mul- multiple times when either people who have been healed or, or the disciples themselves who have witnessed a miracle ask this question, who is this man? Yes. And, and really, that is the starting point of Jesus Revealed, because there are a lot, of, a lot of different answers, as there were when the disciples were asked that question. There are a lot of different answers that people give in regard to who Jesus is. So here's what we want to do. Rather than just rely on um, anecdotal storytelling, we want to approach it from a standpoint of history, documented history, and, and culture, and artifacts, and archaeology that help us understand who Jesus is from a factual standpoint. This comes alive to me so much because I just returned from Israel. Mm. And when you talk about who is Jesus, you know, the confession of Peter uh, is Caesarea Philippi. When I stood there in that place where he confessed that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Of course, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, Jesus went on and said, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, you know. But that really monumental part of that statement that Christ says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Bill. That's right. You know, and I've read that verse so many times, and we were standing right there, and there is a cave in that area. It's where the Hebron Springs start where the River Jordan begins. Mm-hmm. At that place right there, in the time of Jesus 2,000 years ago, the god of Pan and the god of Zeus was worshipped in that cave, and human sacrifice was offered in there. And the opening of that cave was called the Gates of Hell. <laughs> And so when Jesus said that, you know, it has like a double whammy meaning, you know, yeah. I mean, because of the reality, people related to what he said, that's what they realized they called the gates of hell. But it's that similar experience when you come to the Bible Museum on the Square Craig and you see these exhibits come to life and you, you have these artifacts that were really there. It opens up your understanding and really your appetite to learn scripture. And I know that's really what the museum, one of the purposes, the vision of the museum is to help people to have a, a quest and a desire to read more scripture and to get into the Word of God. That's absolutely right. So Jesus Revealed um, takes you through, first of all, the context in which Jesus Christ came. And so we examine both the Roman world and the Jewish world in which Christ entered, which it's really important to understand that context because that has great bearing, of course, on his life and on his ministry. Yeah. And so um, we start there. And by the way, this is all uh, docent-led. We have, a, we have a guided tour that's just spectacular we've been working on for a while, and our docents are doing an incredible job with it. We move from there to um, the crucifixion of Christ, and we have detailed infographics, and we have crucifixion artifacts on display that help us get a deeper understanding of just what it is that Christ sacrificed and what, he, and what it is that he endured um, on our behalf. I keep going back to my experience in Israel, but I went to Nazareth, and there's a place called Nazareth Village that uh, recreates the time period of Christ. Uh, I've heard of it, yes. It's actually run by a Christian organization. Mm -hmm. It's totally a ministry. The gospel is presented to people who come through. Mm -hmm. They showed a cross, the type of cross that Christ would have been crucified on. 
it was interesting because artists often depict these cro- this cross of Christ and the two thieves that were crucified on either side as kind of a large mass in the sky mm-hmm. kind of thing, maybe for the artistic effect. I don't mm-hmm. know, but according to what I saw there was the cross itself wasn't very big in the sense of size or how high it would have been off the ground. But it was a place of execution. It was a place of cruel torture, Craig. And that's what Christ hung on for you and me. Yeah, that's right. Here's the the interesting thing. There there are people who um, still today and throughout the ages have tried to debunk the fact that Jesus Christ was a man or that he did endure uh, this criminal's death that you're speaking of, certainly that he was resurrected or there was a virgin birth. And so we have a section in the exhibit that we call the Conversations of Christ. Uh, it's interactive, um, and it's, it gives you uh, historical documentation um, about the fact that not only people who were you know, warm to the message of Jesus, but actually people who were hostile to the message of Jesus, still identified that he was indeed a man. If, if they didn't agree that yes. he was truly the Son of God, they at least agreed he was a man. So it's a way for us to, to engage the public um, with, a, with a person and um, a story that's very familiar, but to do it in a novel way and to do it with evidence that may be unique to the, the, the visitors who come through our, our gallery. You know, I was listening to Chuck Swindoll this morning, and he was talking about the crucifixion of Christ in particular, and he was talking about Barabbas, who was the criminal that Christ was taken and Barabbas was let go. He was a criminal. He was supposed to face execution himself. Yeah. But evidently it was in Herod or Pilate's authority to let him go and substitute. You're a pastor and you've studied the word a lot more than I have. But Chuck Swindoll said this morning on his program that the name Barabbas has a connotation to it that he was possibly the son of a rabbi himself. Mm. I've never heard this mm. before. But based on the name he had, it means he's the son of a father. That's mm. what Barabbas means, mm. son of a father. But rabbis were given the name Father as their title. And so the idea is that he was possibly a rabbi's son. I never thought about that or heard that before. Have you? No, I haven't. And and that's just one of the great things about the Word, isn't it? Just how rich it is. And we're talking about here about the narrative of Christ, which is familiar to those of us who believe. But there's so many new things. You mentioned in Matthew 16 being at Caesarea Philippi. Um, one of the things I learned about that passage recently is this, that when Jesus was walking the earth, the name Caesarea Philippi was a new name for that place. And it was given that name, uh, I believe, in an honor of um, Caesar Augustus, who was the son of Julius Caesar, who was thought to be a god. And so the name was connotating, um, it was honoring a man who was thought to be the son of a god. Isn't it interesting that Jesus Christ took his followers to that place, which, by the way, is a great distance, right? Yes. A great distance from Jerusalem. It, a great distance, yeah. He took them to that place to ask them this really big question, which is really the, the genesis of our, our exhibit, which is, who is Jesus? Who am I? We're, we're standing in a place that's named for a man who, who is thought to be the son of a God. Who do people say I am? And he reveals himself to be Peter, through the revelation of God, through the Holy Spirit, announces and tells the world that he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Wow. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful as you read that. You guys help at the Bible Museum on the Square make it come to life through the story, through the experience. 
Okay, now, as we mentioned, this will go up until November as you get ready for the nativities. Yes, away in 100 mangers. Away in 100 mangers. Now's the time to bring church groups, families. Do you have to have a reservation to come out? You know, you don't. Um, It's helpful when there's a group for them to schedule that. So we we have the schedule clear and we have docents on hand ready to go. But um, you you don't need to do that. However, I would encourage anyone to go to BibleMuseumOnTheSquare.org, our website. You can actually go on there and you could schedule your group tour. Yeah. Um, You could check out the information about the exhibit and our hours and our location and all those things. I mean, you're on the historic, you know, Town Square of Collierville, which is one of the top town squares in the country. I mean, it's beautiful. You know, they got the silver caboose just a few (laughs) doors down. A great place to eat. Just had lunch there today. Did you have a, you know. Yes, I did. Wonderful. You're also helping. I'll just throw this out there. You know, dear family who own that, they have a daughter, a granddaughter. Daughter, a daughter and a granddaughter who does a, a mission to orphans, special needs orphans in Haiti. Yeah. And so when you actually buy food there, I know the grandparents and the mom yeah. are helping support. Ministries called, by the way, La Limie okay. Ministries, and that's in Haiti. And Ellen Humerichaus, Humerichaus yeah. is the young lady who runs that incredible work. Totally. And Ellen's really special. So, yeah, she's been here at the station. And I know hopefully when she comes back, we're going to have her on the program here on Mid-South Viewpoint. So the experience is great, not only enjoying the town square, but coming to the Bible Museum. Can you have like a reserve, like a special party or group if you wanted to bring a, say, a Sunday school class for an extended time there, more in-depth learning there at the museum? Is that possible? It is. And in fact, we have a, bun- we have a, a whole menu of presentations that we can offer groups. They can select the ones that fit them best. And uh, we, we really enjoy having groups, um, Sunday school groups, um, homeschool groups, uh, youth groups, um, lots of small groups come through. And we real, those are our favorite days, you know, when we have uh, groups come through. And so I would encourage anyone who's out there who's a Sunday school leader or a small group leader or leading any kind of ministry in the church, Jesus Revealed would be a great outing. Um, for for any of those groups. And like you said, you get to come to Main Street Carville, which is an, a great bonus. You yes. can go to the Silver Caboose or Dyers, whatever it might be. Well, Craig, something I, didn't, I wanted to mention at the beginning, because we had the congressman here, we were moving things around, but you are recovering from some jet lag because you've been in Kenya for two weeks. You just got back, what, last Thursday, I, I got Friday? back on Friday afternoon, yes. Yeah, just kind of rebounding from that trip. I am. But this is not your first experience to go. Tell us about that trip in Kenya. Yeah, I partner with one of uh, our friends, be Free Revolution. Yeah, you introduced me to them. Did we, I really? Oh, yeah. We had You brought us together to have, or was it Bob? Either you or Bob. I don't, I don't remember. Know, it was. It was through a class that you, we, we were together we, in, And we at, had at lunch church. together, and we met yep. the girls, and I, yep. you know, I've had them on multiple times. It's time to have them back, by the way. So tell us about Be Free. Well, it's a wonderful ministry that Be Free Revolution has, has now been working at for about eight years. Um, and most of their work is focused in Kenya. And the thing I love about it is... Be Free's work is is focused on a a relatively small group of of youth and children, but a really important group of youth and children. And they are constantly pouring efforts, not only when they're there, but when they're not there. Through through Kenyan leaders that they have equipped and trained, they are constantly pouring into discipling, training. And, and this is in the middle of a slum. Yes, Kibera, I mean, the largest slum in all of Africa. Yes. And one of the biggest slums in the world. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And so it's a powerful ministry. And, and we, every year, for the last three years, have put on a camp there called Ignite for uh, Youth and Children. And not only is it a blast, it is one of the most spiritually profound experiences 
that I've ever had, certainly. And I would argue that really for anyone it would be. It's, it's just incredible. Here's the thing that I've, I've come to. In, in the book of Matthew, of course, chapter 28, we have the Great Commission. And one of the things that, that Jesus Christ leads us with is this, this call to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, there's something at the very end, the very last verse of, of Matthew 28 that stands out to me in relation to this mission work. And it says, Jesus says at the end, he says, and lo, or behold, I am with you always until the very end of the age. That's a promise that's inherent in the Great Commission. So one of the things I've discovered is this. When you go and you serve, when you go to, the, to, to make disciples of all nations, Jesus is with you in a powerful way. And uh, it, it shows up, and it's, it's something that is life-changing. It's another way Jesus is revealed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get stale in our walk with Christ, you know, when we put others first and serve, as Jesus demonstrated in his earthly life, then... Jesus is revealed. That's right. And the excitement and the joy just kind of bubbles into our, you know, out of our life, you know? That's right. And so, well, we don't have a lot of time left, but let's go back to the fact that uh, Jesus revealed the new exhibit here at the Bible Museum on the Square mm-hmm. in Collierville is ready. There is a fee, but it's not very much. Families can get in for yeah. uh, one fee, and then... Yeah. So you can go to the website and get all the details. You can get all that. And, and I always tell people, that's just supporting... We're a nonprofit organization, totally. 501c3, yes. and that's just a way of supporting us. So we were always really appreciate hey, Craig, those. we didn't even mention... I, I've got to run over real quickly a couple other things, too. As we mentioned, the Moabite Stone at the beginning, there's also the Taylor Prism, the Syrian Flood Tablet, and the full-scale operating model of the Gutenberg Printing Press along with a unique collection of Bible manuscripts. That's right. The Gutenberg Printing Press, I was just talking with one of my workers about it today, and I, I could tell you that that is, we have a great presentation. We have a, we have a guy who dresses up in full costume, gives a presentation. It is operational, like you mentioned, and kids can actually print their own page and illuminate it uh, with Scripture. It's, wow. it's really a neat thing. That's so, so exciting. Need... Hey, give that web address again. Okay, so it's BibleMuseumOnTheSquare.org. We're going to come out to the museum in, I guess, what, November December, yeah. whenever you tell me to come yeah. back out, and we're going to highlight Away in 100 Mangers or Away in the... Away in 100 Mangers. Is away right. in 100 yeah, Mangers. That's our, that's our exhibit of over 100 nativities from around the world. It is becoming a tradition on the Collierville Town Square, and we would love to have you out. Yes. We're going to be out there. We're going to be bringing our Facebook family out there, too, so you can actually see. Craig, thank you so much, man. What you're doing through the museum and just your excitement for Christ, so contagious. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. We'll have you come back. Any closing thoughts for we say goodbye. It is an honor, Byron. And I know you sent me a text earlier, so I'll tell you this. You asked me for my prediction on the NFL football season. Um, As you know, I am a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, you are. A lifelong fan. I'm going to tell you this, Byron. I want you to mark this down. I'm going to mark it this down. This is a Super Bowl season for the Steelers okay. coming up. Well, I, I had some Pittsburgh jokes, but we don't, we don't have time for I'm them. I'm glad you don't. Yeah, we don't have time for them, but I found some online. I wanted to have fun with you, but we don't have time for them, but I'll, I'll share them with you afterwards. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for listening to Bible Museum on the Square with Craig Geargo. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Byron. I really appreciate it. An honor. Friends, we'll say goodbye on that. Facebook friends, thanks for watching AM640 and FM100.7 listeners. Thank you, too. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.